Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to episode 51 of Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I'm going to be sharing a conversation that I had with Justin Gottlieb about the unhealed masculine and opportunities for us all to tap into divine masculine energy. Justin is a Tantra practitioner and sexual freedom coach based in Miami. I also interviewed him in episode 34 of this podcast, which is titled Why Work with a Tantric Practitioner. I'm super excited to have him back on the podcast because I love Justin's viewpoint. I love his passion. I love the way that he approaches taking accountability in the space of, you know, healing as a collective, especially in terms of how we are approaching holding space for others and projecting, you know, uh, our sexuality non-consensually onto others. So without further ado, here is that live recording. Thank you everyone for being here Uh, and I suppose we'll get started chatting about the unhealed masculine. Um, Justin, what does this mean to you? You know, I've been seeing this come up in a lot of different ways in my life and um, it can be very frustrating being on the other end of the unhealed masculine. Um, It is, in my opinion, it's it's when you were taking from someone um, and you're becoming the perpetrator of something that is typically non-consensual. And I see it all the time and even just taking someone's time. I see it when you're um, moving your energy onto someone who isn't accepting of it, even not understanding social cues. So unfortunately, you know, I see it a lot with men to women. And that's kind of where I'm focusing and kind of why this conversation came up because I was frustrated to see this all the time. And I get that we all have masculine energy and feminine energy and we we know that whole drill but when it comes to the unhealed masculine it seems to show up in men all the time and it shows up when um you know they are coming to a woman and hitting on them for lack of a better term and they're not getting that you know this isn't the time or place or they're not interested and they just keep kind of going with it um breaking someone's boundaries in various different ways and um it's 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 an epidemic, if you, if you ask me. And I think it's really time we address it and start to feel into how can we heal and support this unhealed masculine, but also be sure that if it is still existing, which you know it may take some time to heal this issue that's been going on for thousands of years, um, that we can protect ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I really resonate with everything that you said, just as like a you know, female growing up in this world, it's very challenging across the board. And I believe we're at this beautiful moment in the evolution of our collective consciousness where we get to uh, address this, where we get to shine our lights into this, you know, darkness of our human expression and give it space to, you know, evolve and to grow. And, you know, as with any evolution or growth, as our collective consciousness is evolving, 
um, you know, there are growing pains. And to me, that's really where we're at right now. We're all really feeling this like unhealed masculine just being projected and it's painful, but uh, that's growing pains. And once we move through this on the other side, I believe there truly is a more equitable and um, safe, you know, environment for everyone. Yes, thank you. And I think that's the goal is let's create a safe environment for everyone to be themselves. Because what happens when the unhealed masculine takes over, people don't want to do things. They don't want to heal. They don't want to express themselves. They don't want to uh, feel what it's like to be free. And that limits pleasure in our lives. And now we're feeling guarded. And now we're not feeling safe. So we're um, not connecting in the way that we should. We're not able to be present if we're worried about someone bothering us, someone taking our time, someone taking our energy, maybe someone physically coming into our space that, that we don't want. So I think one of the really important things to, to understand here is that you don't owe anyone anything. If you were walking down the street and someone comes up to you and is like, oh, hey, I wanted to chat with you, or oh, what's your name and all, all, whatever they wanna do, you could just very politely say, no, thank you. You can politely say, if you're at the beach reading a book and someone comes up and disturbs you and, um, you know, is asking whatever, whatever it is, just to be, to be able to say, I'm sorry, respectfully, I am going to be by myself right now, or I'd like to continue working on what I was just doing. Uh, and you don't even have to say, I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to do anything. You don't owe anyone anything. And I think that's the most important part because step one right now with what's going on, since this has been happening for a long time, is protecting your own energy, being strong in your boundaries, so that not only number one, you're protected and that you are speaking your truth, your throat chakra is opening up, you're empowering yourself. It can be an empowering experience to tell someone to fuck off. It really can. And you shouldn't feel shame or guilt or anything about that because you're an autonomous sovereign being. And although it's nice to be love and to be connecting and that's the way you can still have these experiences, but to walk away going, yeah, I, I own my power right there. And that second part of that is you're teaching someone. Someone is walking away going, oh my God, like maybe I just disturbed that person or I was disrespectful or whatever. The problem that I'm seeing, which is where I'm, I don't have an answer is that a lot of people don't walk away. You know, the, the perpetrators of these kind of experiences don't walk away going, oh man, like I just, I shouldn't have done that. They walk away going, oh, what a bitch. Or, oh, like fuck that or fuck her. And then they, they get angry and defensive. So those individuals, is like where I'm making a call to the community of like, what do we do? What can we do to support those people? Yeah, absolutely. And if at any point anyone has any questions or suggestions for anything that we're talking about, specifically that, uh, feel free to drop it in the chat box and um, would love to, to address that as well. I, I really resonate with this idea of like, Yes, like women need to like have boundaries and be, you know, really in their power to not feed this monster. At the same time, how do we go to the source of this, right? And I actually, this is a big part of why I'm doing this work specifically. Um, you know, in my life before I was, you know, working in Tantra full time, I was a freelance writer and I did some pro bono work for a nonprofit it was based in um, in India, and they freed you know young girls and children from sex trafficking, which is something that's super close to my heart. And I am so grateful that I had that opportunity. I learned so much, and it was also just super gratifying to go um, 
So I essentially did like all their web copy. And then they, they ended up inviting me to India to go film a documentary about the work that they were doing. So my role in this was to do the interviewing. So I interviewed the survivors. I interviewed the, um, the uh, raiders, people that went in and busted. I, I interviewed the social workers, etc. And it was beautiful work they were doing, obviously like freeing these girls and arresting the bad guys. But I couldn't help but think, what like how is this getting the root of the issue like there's a psychological issue with this society and i'm not just saying this is just in india because the united states is one of the worst sex trafficking you know spaces in the world this is just where i personally was seeing it because i was a part of this documentary but there's something wrong with the way that we are approaching sexuality and our sexual energy that is allowing these sorts of things to happen. It's it's making men feel that the only way that they're going to have their sexual needs met is by essentially raping someone in the most, you know, extreme case or, you know, in a more lenient case, just harassing them, <laughs> which also is not comfortable either. So I, I definitely really really, really resonate with that. And to me, what it comes down to is learning how to master your life force, your sexual energy. Do you agree with that? Or what's your perspective, Justin? Yeah, I think a lot of this is generally men that aren't having their needs met. And they're not going to the steps of like, oh, maybe I could learn how to do this, or I can go to a men's group, and I could connect with others. They're going to porn. And then that porn is likely cycling into the real world. And that is not okay. It's not a way to heal. And that's what's causing a lot of the, the this chain of violence and breaking consent. So why aren't so many men getting the intimacy and love that they need? I mean, we can look at, you know, the media and social media, we can look at um, so many different areas of life where they're not connecting, you know, what's going on? Are, are men disconnected from their hearts? Is there a biological thing that's happening within men that's making this more common in, in men than women? Um, so it's hard to say what's really causing it, but clearly we need to get to the root, like you mentioned, because the responsibility does not fall on the victim, right? Um, yeah. But sometimes it's like, okay, so I see people, I go to the beach, right? And I see the same people there all the time, constantly doing things that are inappropriate. It's a nude beach, so let me put it into context masturbating uh, at the nude beach going up to women and just like just not getting a clue like that they're not interested they're actually you know on their own some woman was doing yoga and then all of a sudden a guy is just like standing right next to her staring at her like this while she's doing yoga at the beach and, and it's like do you want every single woman to not come to this beach are you trying to scare people away like what part of you goes that's okay and i started to realize that some of these men just never had social uh, uh education of like boundaries and like energy and like can you feel into a room and be like okay that's probably not a person to approach right now they're in the middle of something intimate or this person's completely naked and they might feel uncomfortable if you're staring at their yoni while they're while they're doing yoga right but they don't seem to get it and i think they keep coming back and this becomes a trend when they're not reprimanded in a way that is doing anything right what where's the accountability because they can go to one person, that person's like, okay, you know, oh, whatever. Maybe they even take it for a little bit. They have a conversation and then they walk away. They don't get what they want per se, but they feel like that was okay. Now I'm going to go try someone else and someone else and someone else. And um, that's where they just keep coming back. Because I'm like, how could the same guy who I just saw last week doing something who I said, like, that's not okay. You can't do that. I'm going to call the cops on you next time. 
they still come back. It's like there's not enough of an accountability or rep, uh, reprimanding that they um, learn. So what do we do? You know, and I think that's why I go to sometimes just being strong in your boundaries. Because if every single time these people would come up to you, they were just met with an immediate energy of, of don't mess with me. Yeah. They might stop doing it. They might start to learn something different. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And it's it's very challenging for, you know, again, I think that this is we're speaking towards, I think, both of our experience, right? I'm a woman that's, you know, heterosexual, you're a man that's heterosexual. And I want to be clear that this is obviously happening, you know, all across the non-binary spectrum. Um, but, you know, getting back to my point, like as a woman who is socialized as a woman, um, like we're told to be quiet and to be agreeable and to not make noise and to not make a fuss. So it's so challenging to, you know, stand up and to empower in that way. And I think that that goes back into what is the inner work for the, for the feminine to, to do in this space, to allow that wildness to come out, to, you know, be very clear about boundaries. And it's challenging. It's definitely very challenging. It's something that I've struggled with immensely in this lifetime and I am still you know, working to get in touch with, with what parts of myself am I suppressing that's um, doing me a disservice. Mm, yeah. And, and great points. And, and on the, on my side of things, Bobby uh, in the comments just brought up a good point. He's saying they're not uh, reprimanded or feeling connected. Um, they may not have uh, real friends or, or for example. So yeah, there's a connection that could be missing, right? Um, I'm lucky enough in my life to have amazing brothers, to have hosted brotherhood groups, to have gone to many different brotherhood circles. And I don't see those people there, right? Like they're not marketing to them or I don't know what it is. They're not feeling comfortable going to those circles to meet the friends, but it's clear that they don't have a circle, right? The guys that I see at this beach all the time are there alone. They are not coming up with a group of friends and doing this. They're there by themselves. So there's some isolation and lack of socialism, social qualities that's happening here that um, needs to be addressed in some way. So I ask you, and, and again, this is a conversation. I don't have all the answers. I, I think we brought this up to start something here. But what do we do to support people that are lonely, um, not understanding social cues or boundaries, and like literally going to public places to meet people to get their rocks off, right? Or to get what they want without any concern of somebody else. Yeah, it's challenging because I don't know like how how much they would learn through the shame. Like I think that there would be a moment of if you shamed someone essentially for masturbating at the beach, I think that like that would create a fear response that would maybe not make them do it again, but would that actually help them change and like but also is it your responsibility to get them into some sort of like therapeutic situation, you know, and it's, it's a balance. It's for sure a balance. I know that there's, you know, times in my, like in my cycle and in my life where I feel more compassionate towards that sort of situation. I'm able to be like, Hey, that's not okay. And here's why. And then there's other times where I'm just like, fuck off, you know? And, and what's, how do we do that? <laughs> how do we distinguish? Well, I think with each person, they're going to have individual responses and maybe that, diversity of responses to these perpetrators will support them in some way where some people are like, fuck off. And maybe they feel shame and guilt. And someone else is like, Hey, listen, if you want to approach someone at the beach, maybe just come up to them and say, Hey, do you have a minute? Would you like to talk rather than coming right in? Like pulling your towel up, right? Like people don't necessarily want to have to 
reject someone. And a lot of people, unfortunately, I see all the time, they don't reject them. I could see the discomfort. I could see what's going on. But I'm like, well, I'm who am I? I'm, gonna, I'm sitting over here. Am I supposed to go over there and say, excuse me, buddy, uh, doesn't look like she's interested. Now, what we're causing is exactly what they probably see most men is as confrontational competition and all of that. So that's part of the reason why I think a lot of these men are isolated is they don't have that brotherhood. They look at someone who maybe is talking to a bunch of girls or whatever, and they see they have jealousy and the insecurities come up. So it's, there's a clearly trauma and it's, it is the whole hurt people, hurt people thing. Um, but again, how do we reach people? And some of them may not know that they're actually, there's actually something wrong. Like this is just their life and it becomes normalized. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do think that there is this element of community and offering because it, I know that as someone, if you're being perpetrated, it can feel like not only now am I super uncomfortable, but do I now have this responsibility to also like confront them? And that's where community can be, can be super helpful. Um, and I, I mean, there's definitely been times where that has been my experience with, you know, people looking out for me. I travel a ton by myself. And so there's always some creepy dude trying to talk to me. And sometimes like, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm open to just like chat, meet someone new. And sometimes I'm not, mostly I'm not, but, um, you know, I've had, I've had, you know, like female waitresses, like, you know, come like follow me into the bathroom and be like, Hey, is everything okay? Are you okay with that guy? Or, you know, a couple weeks ago, some guy, like I was having dessert and some guy sat next to me at a table near me and was chatting with me and, and then my server when I went inside was like, Hey, are you okay? You know, and I think that there's, there's moments to just check in as well. That it's really appreciated. Um, but there are some comments here. I don't know if we want to want to look through some of those or if you had something to say on that, Justin. Um, let's take a look at some of the comments. Yeah. Paulie had said, it's hard to include people who don't know how to act. And I agree. It's really frustrating. And maybe there is a point where it's like calling out or excluding someone until they get it is the way to move forward. And I think it also comes down to reading the person. Like some people are more open to, you know, learning and growing and some people just don't want to and will come back at you with aggression and it's that's something i always see and i have to, to comment on this i see that when someone is confronted in some way like hey no, she's not interested or whatever or she says something whatever they certain people will be so angry they're so defensive they act like what they were doing wasn't wrong or that they weren't doing it it was like it's like they go to, to become a child in that moment it's like Mm -hmm. clearly we just saw you like taking a photograph of someone without their permission or whatever it may be. Right. How are you going to be like, no, I wasn't. Oh, I was, I was, I was messaging, whatever, you know, and it becomes this argument. I almost got into a fight with a guy like physically, he was just like puffing up in front of me. I'm like, dude, you just pulled your chair right next to me and my friend so close. And we just asked you to move away. Why is this like such a big issue? Just big. Oh, okay. No problem. Right. But it, it was an issue. It was like, well, this is the free beach. I could sit wherever I want. So there's, there's something going on there that's a different type of person to address than the person who goes, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I, I, how absent-minded of me or whatever it may be where they're like willing to learn. But I, I, maybe making it a learning experience as much as humanly possible, if you choose to, if you have the time, if you want to engage in that way, maybe that is going to be um, part of the answer. Because I, I definitely don't think 
saying fuck off or you're an asshole or whatever like that is an answer, but it might be the first response that most people want to say if they are empowered and like don't want to deal with someone. And it's yeah. understandable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also when someone comes back at you with a question, it's really key to just not take it personally and to also realize that they're probably having that strong reaction because they know you're right. Like they wouldn't be that triggered if they were so like so solid in themselves to the core, right? Like they would just be like, oh, well, you know, sorry, whatever, and walk the other way, like rolling their eyes. But if they they know deep down that like there was a part of them that was being a little bit shysty and weird. So I think that that's why they're having that strong of a reaction. And so as the perpetrator, or sorry, as the, um, the, oppo- the person opposing the perpetrator, to have that cool, calm, collected, to just say, hey, just not cool go away, you know, um, and not take it personally, because I feel like then it can come into a react reactive spiral. And that can be challenging not to say that, like, we're all human, and that happens. But you know, as again, as much as humanly possible, trying to keep it like, it's just not okay. Yeah, we can we can um, reprimand and confront people in a loving way, right? It doesn't have to be an argument or a fight. But, you know, it reminds, I mean, a lot of times people are doing this and they're doing it surreptitiously, right? They're trying to be sneaky about it and they're, they're, they're getting away with something. They know there's something going on. And it reminds me of like when you're a little kid and you're like sneaking to go to the cookie jar or whatever it is and you, you get caught and you get that feeling of like, oh my God, it's like the world is ending, right? And maybe that's what's going on within them. And maybe that's triggering some childhood response. You know, Jeff's saying here, I believe the dudes that are going alone have the fake confidence that is permeating more than just the section of their lives. It's a facade that they have created to get through life without confronting the weakness or pain they have inside. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely some deeper level of, of pain and, and lacking of intimacy, lacking of connection, not being able to connect in the way that, by the way, they're seeing nonstop in the media and walking around all these happy couples, all these happy people doing whatever they're doing, having fun then they're likely looking at pornography and all these other things, seeing all these people having sex. And it's like, well, what about me? There's got to be a deep sadness and a a deep frustration that's going on there. And this is how it's manifesting. Yeah, absolutely. What people don't realize is there are ways to have, like you have to meet those needs within yourself before you are projecting them onto others, especially projecting them onto others in a non-consensual, non-consensual way, which is, you know, a huge issue. And, uh, GL Bind Independent, GLB Independent, it said public exposure masturbation is often considered a nuisance crime. So it is unreported. People who engage in this behavior get excited by the response from others, even if it is a negative reaction. And yeah, I think that this is definitely a huge, a huge, huge part of this. It's this um, probably reliving some part of their trauma of being exposed themselves at one point or another. And to me, this also comes back to you know, how much are we sexualizing nudity? How much are we sexualizing people um, being sexual, right? It's, uh, it, it's funny that she, she mentions this because a similar situation happened once. I had a friend that um, literally chased after a guy who broke boundaries of some people in our group. He ran after them. The guy was running as fast as he could chasing this guy. And I'm thinking that this guy is never going to do this again. He literally is being chased by like a big, strong guy down the beach, into the parking lot. The guy's, he's got his phone. He's like calling the police on this guy he's chasing. And I never saw that guy again at the beach. Now, I don't know if he was visiting or whatever, but you just wonder if like, 
is does it take that much? Which again, he wasn't going to beat him up, I, I hope, but like, does it take that much? Is that much of the fear that needs to get it out? Because that can't be the answer. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's like there's no other choice if, if someone's not getting it. Yeah, and I think unfortunately, what probably happens too is even if that person is never going to the beach again, they're probably projecting that elsewhere, you know, whether it's at a park or, you know, like looking into people's windows or whatever it is. And that can be really challenging too, because a lot of people just aren't even aware how that they have this issue and how much it's, you know, affecting themselves and affecting other people. It's easy for them to just kind of, um, stuff it down and then allow it to come out in really unhealthy ways and then forget about it again until it comes out again. And I think that that's why, again, it's really important for conversations for more people to step into this space and take accountability so that we can show that there are other ways to, you know, project this energy. There are other channels to explore our sexuality that aren't projecting them again, non-consensually onto others. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's interesting because I, I run a uh, nude yoga event in my backyard. It's a beautiful garden backyard. And we had 20 people here on Tuesday. And we just had this beautiful experience dropping into just our bodies and being nude and, and not having it be anything. But every single time, every time I get a question before from a man that says, what, 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 what happens is, I don't know, I don't want to offend you if I asked it, but like, what happens if I get hard, I get a boner, whatever. And I just say, it's totally okay. That is you having whatever's moving through your body and the energy's coming that way. That's fine. And that's different than giving yourself an erection, right? You're not going to be touching ourselves. This is a non-sexual thing, but your natural body being the way it is, that it's okay. That makes me feel like there's a, a innate fear of their own sexuality. And like, like maybe there's a fear of this aggressiveness and this being a man and the testosterone and whatever's going on. And for some people they're, they're pushing that down. And maybe it just bursts at certain points. And maybe for other people, they have no filter and they're not pushing it down. And they're just like, oh, I'm just going to let it all out here at the beach. Or I'm going to go harass this girl until, you know, she, she goes on a date with me or whatever it is. So there's clearly a lot of different personalities and different energies at play here. We have yeah. another uh, comment. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'll just kind of follow up on that. I mean, it's it's interesting because men specifically, like, they show, you know, when they're aroused. But, like, I'm aroused eating a piece of fruit, you know. It's not, and that doesn't mean that I'm, like, going to fuck the fruit. It's not, you know, <laughs> not sexualizing the fruit. It's just I'm fully present in my body right now, and it's turning me on. I'm turned on by life itself. And I think that so often the only times that people allow themselves to be fully present with their bodies and allow themselves to be turned on by life is when they're in a very erotic setting. And that's another invitation for us to get more comfortable with, you know, being excited about life, you know, on the day to day. And I'm not sure which comment you were going to address, but we can go into that. Well, you just brought up another good point. And, you know, that's a lot of what we teach in Tantra is about, you know, manifesting with your sexual energy and and being alive with life all the time, um, but not necessarily having that have to be sexual. And I think that is something that women generally have addressed quite a bit and really are able to tap into. But for men, We've been pushing it down for far too long. And basically, sexual energy means sex for us. Sexual mm-hmm. energy means masturbation. That means porn. It doesn't mean, oh, I feel so like aroused right now. I'm going to go paint, right? It doesn't mean I'm going to go put on my favorite song and dance, right? Like, there's a few very feminine energy men that, that I know that might do that. A few. 
but most men are going straight to the sexuality. So there's a link there that's like, feels almost unbreakable, but we need to start to rewire this. And this is a lot of the work that I do with men is to reconnect to your heart and, and moving that sexual energy uh, around and outward from the genitals so that we're actually talking now about um, transmuting that energy. Yeah, it's almost like it's just so when you're aroused, it's like so overwhelming and excited that I need to like get it out of my body as fast as possible. Like I can't, I can't handle having this much pleasure. I need to project it out. And I think that the intention is here is how do I sit with this and how do I move it, which is, you know, again, very tantric and very beautiful and, and a really holistic expression of our humanity as well. Beautiful. Yes. More of that. Um, how do you guys suggest men that have full schedules get invoked in social circles? Well, I'll answer that from how does anyone get involved in social circles and meet people? And I address this a lot in my coaching program uh, for people that are looking to date or meet, you know, the, uh, meet a, a partner, right? Think about what, is it, what it is you like to do. What is it things that you like to do? Maybe you love tennis. Maybe you love, um, you know, a certain topic that, that, uh, or different groups or whatever it is. Go and find that wherever there's groups doing that and just insert yourself into that kind of thing. I mean, like there's all kinds of sports leagues, right? There's all kinds of different hobby leagues and different hobby um, groups that you can join. There's so many places that you can go that you, the one thing most people don't do is just have the confidence to be able to, to go out there and be social and meet people. But you'll see that when you go, most people are really nice and really friendly. And if you can go and do that, not only is this a great way to meet other, other men or women or whoever in social circles, but to also start to maybe, if you are someone who feels that maybe you are perpetrating, maybe you do have a lot of unhealed masculine, to go there and go to learn. Not go to insert yourself onto other people and their energies, but instead just to go there and be like, all right, let me notice how other people are interacting. Sometimes just being aware and watching others do whatever it is that you want to do or, or get whatever it is that you want to get could be a really good way to learn. So instead of seeing people or other men as competition, maybe start to befriend them. Maybe start to just at least watch and see what are they doing and what am I doing? And notice that there's a big gap. Yeah, absolutely. I also think, you know, talking about someone with a busy schedule, look really closely at what your priorities are. So many of us, you know, busy ourselves with things that we don't really like, we're not really getting a lot from whether it's, you know, work or, you know, relationships that are no longer serving us, you know, friendships or romantic or otherwise, um, you know, other addictions. And, and we're, we're not realizing that this is, you know, actually not really great for us anymore. So how can we redirect this into something that's going to be more expansive so that we can actually sit with what's going on? Again, so many of our, our activities are focused on like, bringing your attention away from yourself as a distraction from what's going on inside. But are there any social activities that you're currently a part of that allow you to be with other people, but also be with yourself and go within rather than as a distraction from yourself? That's something that I would suggest that, that people look at as well. And another thing is I think that anyone that's listening to this truly, truly, truly has a, a duty to be one of the individuals that starts to bring this wisdom into the mainstream that brings it into their, you know, closest communities and circles. So just even having the the confidence to hold space for other people to be really honest and, um, to, and to be vulnerable and authentic um, by, you know, 
you know, maybe inviting some of your friends to something like, you know, nude yoga, or maybe just asking questions of like, what do you guys think of, of this, you know, perpetrating energy or, or whatever it is that feels expansive for you being the one to introduce these topics into your social circles as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you feel like you're empowered enough and you're aware enough of, of the energies that are going on and you see something off, you are be the change you want to see in the world, right? We all get to be an interruption for this kind of behavior. Now, the question is, is how do you do it? And I'm not there in every situation and I don't always do the right thing, right? Or the most effective thing. But there is a duty, I think, once you kind of are a light being and you understand this stuff too, to support others that are both victims of this kind of behavior, but also to see how you can support the perpetrators. Because I highly doubt that this is what they want their life to be. I, I, I When I see these guys coming to the nude, the nude beach by themselves and then doing weird things and going home and like, I'm like, they must go home and just feel so crappy about themselves, seeing all these people in groups, having a blast, swimming in the ocean, and they're sitting there doing some shady things. It's sad. It really is. And I, and I want them to get support. And, and Bobby in the comments says, appreciate how women look out for other women, even if they're strangers. Us men could do that for that too for our brothers. And that's another thing is, you know, even my initial reaction and anger and all this was like, ah, I want to go like tell this guy to fuck off, right? Or what are you doing? You know, I'm going to go save this woman and like, you know, I'll be the savior. But really what it could be is like, hey, man, like, do you see like this, how this interaction's going? Like, what, what is it that you really need? Like, what are you feeling? Like, what, what do you what do you need? What what is this? What's your intention here? Right. And start to understand that. And then we can go deeper and, and maybe create some support and maybe invite that guy to a, a men's circle. Yeah, absolutely. I'd also like to touch on just this idea of men approaching women like in maybe a not like not at the nude beach, but maybe like at a bar or at a restaurant or at the park or wherever. Maybe you see a woman and you're like, oh, I'm attracted to her. I'd be interested in dating her. What is the, you know, I have my ideas about when and how this could be appropriate, but I'm curious, like if you have any perspective on this. I just think anytime you're approaching anyone, you need to go and like, ask for permission to enter in a conversation, you know, also to look and notice, like, is this an appropriate time? If someone's in mid conversation with someone, I've seen this happen all the time at bars. Someone will just walk up because it's like, this is my time. This is my moment. I'm just going to go do it. But that's taking. You cannot be a taker and expect to receive from someone you're taking and you're taking non-consensually. This person's engaged in a conversation. Take a moment and breathe and see if there's an opening for you to come and say, Hey, would it, would it be all right to chat for a few minutes? You know, find some way to ask permission or get a clear energy that says this person wants to talk to you. It's so clear when someone doesn't want to talk to you, at least to me. I see you can see it. You can see their eyes kind of roll and they're kind of like trying to leave the conversation or they're looking at something. They pick up their phone, start to see the cues and be like, all right, is this someone is this someone who wants to engage in me? Because it's not about you just engaging with whoever you want. It's about connecting. And if you can connect with someone, great, you'll feel that just as much as you will feel if you're aware and present how someone doesn't want to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy that we're, we're touching on this too, because I don't want to encourage people to just never approach people ever again. Like I do think that, you know, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful way to meet someone in person to approach them, whether it's, you know, uh, for the purpose of, you know, romantic interest or otherwise. And I, and I also think it's really important to go into that setting as, you know, as, as the, the one that's, you know, approaching the other. And I, I'm going to use the, the um the heterosexual male you know hitting hitting on the heterosexual female going into it without expectation to like be aware that you know 
she she might just not be open to that and that's okay she might have a partner like there could be a million reasons and not to take it personally for one um and to also be open to maybe there's another type of interaction to me if a man is like just trying to hit on me because he wants to you know sleep with me or date me or whatever that's really icky to me even if i was single it would it feels much nicer for it to be a much more friendly interaction or with the intention that's more open to you know not necessarily how can I get in this person's pants or how can I date them, but what what can we learn and grow from each other in this space, right? And I think just being very aware of again, like what's going on with that with that person in the moment. Do they look open to you know chat with you? It, like like you had said, is this the right setting, right? So really being able to touch into that energy of the, the other person and and be really honest with yourself about what you're seeing and if it makes sense. Um, yeah, that would be my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, my, and this is all about Tantra too. It's about presence. You know, can we come into presence and breathe? Because some people are just, they're not breathing. They're, they're just on their adrenaline. They're like finally talking to that person or, or maybe they just see someone that they just find so attractive and it's like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh God. It happens to me all the time. I see someone so attractive and I'm like, wait, like, it feels like there's this pressure within me that I need to go talk to that person. This could be the person of my dreams, you know, or this could be the best friend that I, you know, I, I want to meet. And it's like, what do I do? Well, first breathe, relax. Every amazingly beautiful person or person that you feel attraction and energy with, you're not going to go up to every single person. So get rid of that pressure. Everything's perfect as it is. I, everything will align just as it should. So taking away that pressure is the first step. And then of course, you could put yourself in situations where you might be able to have a, a consensual conversation with that. But again, yeah, I, I agree with you. Let's not tell people not to go talk to each other, but it's more about asking the permission. There's a difference if I'm laying on the beach and, and all right, let's use it something else. If I'm in the middle, I'm, I'm at Starbucks reading a book and someone just sits down next to me and starts talking to me, I, I want to read my book. But if someone sits down and says, hey, I see you're reading a book, just wanted to chat with you. You know, I felt some really great energy from you and figured uh, I'd just at least come and say, hi, is that okay? <sighs> wow. I'm putting that book down right now. I don't care who it is because I, I just feel, look at that confidence. Look at that clear communication. Look at how they care about my needs. They're aware of what I'm doing. They're not just barging in. That is a whole nother world than what I see regularly going on. Yeah, I really love that example because I'm always reading a lot. <laughs> People are always interrupting me. Uh, so thank you for offering that wisdom. I think really just touching into like, what's your intention of talking to this person to begin with? And are you acting on curiosity? Or are you acting on like, again, your sexual energy overflowing in that moment? Um, and I'd love to touch on too, I, I feel like you specifically experience this this specific type of projection because of the work that you do, but women experience this a lot. And I, I, myself and my friends experience this a lot because we are particularly very sexual women, very open-minded women, very embodied women, but that's not an invitation to be sexual. Like there's a difference between like sexual, like being a sexually empowered woman and being sexualized or objectified. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people will see a naked woman or see someone that is in their Shakti energy, just like feminine flowing, and they'll either get triggered because they don't have any of that within them, or they're going to be like, I need that because I don't have any of that with, within them. So they're going to either resist it or they're going to want it and come to it. And typically what they're going to think is, oh, well, because this person is so free and whatever, they're free to me as well. 
Mm-hmm. But they're not free to you. And what they're doing is for them and they're enjoying it. And from a rational standpoint, I'm always just going like, why would you want to go disrupt that and stop it from happening? You're going to literally, rationally, you're just going to stop people from doing the thing that you want. Clearly, you're enjoying these women being free and doing whatever they're doing and this empowerment. Why are you going to go there and interrupt it? Why are you going to go and create something that in your mind is there, but may not be there. So it's, again, it's understanding social cues. Like maybe you guys are all dancing wildly at a, at a bar or club or whatever it is and having a blast. And, you know, there's a moment where maybe you could go in and introduce yourself, but not like just barging in and having any expectations of what should or should not happen, especially when it comes to sexuality. There should never be an expectation of sex or sexual energy exchanged for any reason. I don't care if you're naked. I don't care if you're you know, doing a nude photo shoot, I don't care if you're dancing like a wild woman, you're singing, you're whatever it is that you're running around and showing that freedom. People want to feel free. So many people are trapped in their bodies. They, they are living a life that is, they know is not theirs because of conditioning, because of trauma, because of all these things. And if you, instead of looking at the people that are free and trying to take from them, you actually go look at yourself and you go, okay, what can I do to heal from this this baggage and this luggage and all these other things that I'm holding onto with my hand so I can create a new possibility. And now I can be free because we are seem to a lot of times look to the outside for what we want instead of looking to the inside and creating it from within. I know that like, because I'm empowered, because I'm free, I do inspire people. And I also triggered a ton of people, right? That's part of the deal. But I also know that people don't typically come up and break my boundaries. They don't come to my events at my new yoga event and get weird and do something inappropriate. I was worried about that when I started this event. I'm like, what happens if I get a creepy person is doing all this, you know, perverted things or whatever? I'm going to have to, you know, but I'm just like, if it happens, I'll address it and I'll kick that person out if they're doing anything, breaking the, the ground rules. But it doesn't happen because mm. I am in so in my power that people don't come to my, they know that they'll they're going to deal with the wrath, right? That this is a strong, uh, empowered person who is free. And if you want to come, come and play by the rules. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's seeing that when you see someone else that's in that sexual empowerment and it's so attractive, like you can be that too. You have the ability to embody that as well. You don't need to take it from them. You don't need to project into their space. You can create that for yourself. And in fact, that's really from my experience and from my perspective, that's the only time that I want to invite you in to my sexual space is once you've, you know, figured out how to harness your own, you know, sexual how to be, you know, your own embodied, confident person to see that you're able to channel this. That's the only time that I want, I would ever allow you to come into my space. So I need to see you do it first, you know? Um, there you so go. Being aware of the ability to foster that relationship within yourself. And I know that it can seem intimidating at first, but uh, it's a really beautiful journey. And I see Justin and I as, as two people that are really on that journey and would highly encourage it and are also resources for you to, to see how that can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever you are in the spectrum of what we're talking about, feel free to reach out to us and, and we'll, we'll support you, whether it's with coaching or Tantra sessions or whatever you need. Um, someone wrote in here something that I thought was really beautiful, which was uh, Doc Pepe said, accept the beauty from afar as if it was a sunset. How about that? How about not feeling like you need to engage and interact and just admiring it? Maybe you could actually have emotions come up. I mean, it's like watching a beautiful sunset and just tears start rolling down. A lot of times that's what I believe men need. Um, and it's kind of like, that's an analogy to, you know, our sex life is like, okay, well, we're, we're in the bedroom. I need to have sex. I need to get hard. I need to do all these things. But 
Maybe you don't. Maybe you need some nurturing, loving touch. Maybe you need a good, deep conversation. So this yeah. is this is what we can be also an option is that you don't have to go engage. Take the pressure off. Watch it. Learn and, and, and just take it all in from a distance. Yeah, absolutely. And what I have to say about the feminine energy, and again, I don't just mean the feminine, I mean anyone who's in the feminine energy, which to me is that moving Shakti, whether you're male or female, what that energy really likes is presence and depth. So it's being actually being able to just hold space for that and watch that unfold is super enticing and beautiful for the feminine and encourages that to continue as well. Yeah, and, and what you said earlier too, like your vibe attracts your tribe. It's said time and time again, but like, does anyone really like get that? Do you really understand that when you see a bunch of beautiful Shakti goddesses dancing and twirling in the wind and you're standing there like this, like, I, I want that, I need that. Oh, I'm gonna go up there and like be this stiff board. And like, that's not, that's not gonna work. You're gonna vibrate out of their space real quick, right? It's not gonna work. But if you say, you know what? I'm inspired and I'm feeling it. And let me go twirl and flow and, do so with, you know, boundaries and understanding of distance and, and, you know, physical energy and things like that. That might be your best option if you do want to engage, but be it. Don't just go into it. Yeah, dance nearby and likely she'll be like, oh, cool. Someone wants to dance too. And then, you know, even approach and go into that space as well. Um, great. Should we see if there's any more questions up here? Uh, sure. I saw a few comments. Again, if you guys have anything, please feel free to pop it in the chat box below. Uh, Jeff brought up something interesting. People don't know how to interact and communicate anymore, especially after COVID. And I hadn't thought about that, but like maybe there is a more of this happening because people have been isolated. They've been sitting with their sadness or loneliness and maybe even someone who had a lot of um, interactions with people and, and maybe love in their lives and intimacy had to be isolated during COVID. And now they come out and they're like, it's like overload, trying to get more of what they had not had for so long, or just in general, having COVID be a, a, you know, a downer for a lot of people and coming out and now maybe not knowing the right social cues. So it's an interesting um thought there and and certainly has to have an impact on on what's been going on yeah i would i would definitely agree but it's obviously not an excuse either no uh, excuse yeah and in fact you know I, I believe that we can all use this time um to empower ourselves more and to see you know what is appropriate and how do i nurture this this inner relationship with myself as well so. Absolutely. And there's, and there's still, it's, it's shocking to me that this still goes on like cat calls and like, Oh, you should smile more like these lines and stuff. And I'm just like, how is this happening? And I want that to not be met with a smile or a <laughs> or whatever anymore. Like I want that to be met with like, Hey, do you know that's sexual harassment and that's not okay. Or like, Hey, I'm not interested in smiling. Cause you tell me to, I'm not your like dancing monkey that will just do whatever I, I, you know, you say. I'll smile if I'm amused. And right now I'm not amused, right? Like to, to really start to feel into that. Cause I know that me just saying that and that didn't happen to me per se. Like I felt like fire going like, yes, like I'm alive. Yeah. And I've been, unfortunately been you know, the target of a lot of this stuff, which I never had to deal with too much in my life. But now with the work that I do and, you know, I, I have men that call me and they are acting like they want to do a coaching session or something with me. 
And then they start talking about some story. And like, there's a moment where I just go, this feels off. And it's like, you have to be aware and present to find it very early on. And I'm just like, this feels off. And next thing I know, this, this is a true story. This guy starts telling me, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I read this book and it was a book I re recommended to people about Tantra, The Art of Sexual Ecstasy by Margot Anand. And he's like mentioning, I'm like, oh, maybe this guy's followed my stuff. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, so I've been reading the book with my mother. And, you know, and like, you know, do you get a lot of clients that do this work with their mother? Because I'd like to do some exercises with her. And I'm like, oh my God, like this guy's creating his incest fantasy talking to me about it. And like, I, he's just non-consensually forced me into his like sick, twisted fantasy. And I, of course, just hung up, but like that left me feeling like, ew, like dirty, like disgusting. I'm like, I just got like used by this. And like the second I had that feeling, I should have just been like, you know what? This doesn't feel right. And I'm, I'm yeah. gonna go. Yeah, I really think it comes down to trusting yourself and touching into that, which is, it, it does, it comes in layers. I mean, the first, when I first started working in this space, my, you know, my process of, you know, choosing clients and, and allowing people into my space was much different than it is now. But it, I think that really like learning to trust yourself in your intuition is the strongest piece. It's unfortunate because our society really teaches us not to, not to like tap into our intu intuition that that is actually, um, dangerous in the same way that you know if we think about like anyone that listens to their intuition is crazy right because they're seeing things or they're hearing things or they're feeling things that aren't there when in reality like this is this is your reading energy you're, you're touching into someone's intentions so that's not wrong that's not bad and in fact it's your greatest superpower it's going to keep you safe and i think that Absolutely. that's the invitation there is to, to figure out how you can you know, trust yourself more Absolutely. You know, I, one of my, my master teacher taught me the most important lesson in all of this is that we are God or goddess and we're creating our own reality in every minute and we don't have to figure it out. We are here as spirit in the human form and the signs are all there, but we have to listen to them. And we're, we're typically too busy figuring them out rather than hearing the words come from the divine or feeling it in our body that this isn't the right path or this is the right path or whatever it is. And this is why Tantra and yoga and all the other kind of conscious spiritual um, exercises and disciplines are so powerful because we come into our body, we practice feeling it. And then we know in that moment, like something's off, that's the sign, I'm gonna go this way. Or wow, this feels really, really good. This feels right. This is like, yes, I'm gonna lean into it. But that's the practice. If you wanna know how to start seeing and feeling the signs, do that and also practice surrender. Just surrender and feel into what's coming your way and why it's happening and know that it's the perfect lesson or know that it is, it's there to, to guide you. And it's so much an easier life doing that. There's um, a few comments I'd love to jump into here. Uh, first of all, a few people did mention that they felt like they can't talk to people now after COVID. They've lost their ability. Um, another guy I know, Jeff, who's amazing and does comedy improv and, and teaches some kind of transformational work says that his classes have become way more full because of this exact thing. People just don't remember how to interact. It's not an excuse, but there's help out there. So yeah, Jeff uh, Quintana comedy. Amazing. If you want to check his stuff out. Um, someone else uh, wrote, how can I overcome fear at the moment or even before you're making love to a woman has been happening lately that my mind is playing this situation. I don't know what that means, um, but I will tell you this in Tantra, you want to get out of your head right? Forget about what needs to happen, what you think needs to happen. Just come into your body 
breathe and be present. And this is, you know, one of the great lessons of Tantra is that you will find out what was meant to happen in that lovemaking experience or that self-pleasure experience or that trip that you took. I bought a one-way ticket to Japan once and just said, all right, we're going to see what happens. I have no end date. I have no definitive, definitive plan of where to go. And let me tell you something. I ended up a month in Bali, a month in Thailand, a month in Vietnam because people were like, oh, you got to go here. I mean, that's the sign. All right, I'm going to Phong Na in Vietnam that like nobody knows unless you're a backpacker. And all of a sudden I ended up in literally the most beautiful, amazing four or five days of my life in this place that I did not know existed. I could have never have told you uh, where this place was or anything about it. And then there I am. Well, that's surrender. That's just trust. Instead of having to go, well, I have to go here, 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 and then I'm going to be back here and there. You let that travel plan be a plan for your life, a plan for the bedroom of just see what shows up for you before you have to pick a path. Yeah, absolutely. And I think definitely, you know, having these practices with mindfulness, as you were saying before, yoga, meditation are sort of the tools that set you up for when you are in those moments that are triggering, are in those moments. Like, for example, being at the beach and watching someone, you know, be bothered. If you are already in the practice of being present, then those reactions become much easier because they're more conscious, right? So definitely encourage, you know, finding ways to evoke presence into your day-to-day so that becomes your habit rather than your reaction. And on that, you just brought something up that, that reminded me of this. Let's Now we're at the advanced level. You've only got, you know, 10 minutes left if we're doing this for an hour or so. We're at the advanced level now. So the next level of consciousness is, well, if it's happening in my space, it's happening within me. Mm. So if I am seeing this happen at the beach over and over again, clearly there's a part of me that is either um, not getting the social clues or breaking boundaries or whatever, somewhere. And that doesn't mean it's in the same way. It doesn't mean that I'm doing that with a woman at the beach. It might mean I'm doing that with myself. Maybe I'm allowing too many calls and too many interactions. My schedule is full. I'm overwhelmed. Well, I'm breaking my own boundary right there. So to be able to take every experience you see on the outside as a mirror for something within you, now you're really doing the work. So as much as we focused on what to do out there, don't forget no matter where you are in this spectrum, and I'm sure there's people that know they're like, shit, I'm that perpetrator at times. We all have probably been in some way, shape, or form in our lives. So this isn't a point fingers at everyone else. We've all been there to some level, right? Wherever you are to be able to say like, all right, let's have compassion. And let's also say, see, realize that if it's showing up in my space, it's somewhere within me too. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that that's a really good piece to kind of be closing out on this idea that as above, so below, uh, and really looking at where, where within yourself, are you withholding love? Where within yourself are you withholding acceptance and how can you bring consciousness to that so that it's not even so triggering to be observing these things and you're able to again, come at it with a level of, of healing and presence. So beautiful. Any last pieces you want to touch on Justin? Um, no, I just want to say again, you know, I get worked up during this and I've done a lot of work, right? So these kind of things trigger me a bit, right? I want, literally I've made my job, my role is to create safe space so people can have healing and experience pleasure and reconnection. So it makes sense that it would bother me so much and maybe that it's a focus. So it's showing up in my space, but a reminder to all of us, including myself, to come from love, to realize that these are people. And in the end, like Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home. So let's walk each other home, not punch each other in the face. Let's not scream and go nuts at people. And at the same time, if that's your initial reaction is to yell or the fuck off or like get the fuck away from me kind of thing, maybe there's another way to do it. 
And if that's what needs to be said to get it through to somebody, so your boundaries aren't broken and that you're empowered, then you do what you got to do. Yeah. You I don't owe anything to anyone. I'll say that again. Let's also not enable other people to, you know, be harmful towards others. That's another, you know, thing to touch on as well. Absolutely. I think that's that's where I, I keep thinking this is the answer, but I know that it's so much deeper. It's like, well, if everyone who was like a victim to this stuff just like was like really strong in their boundaries, then by the like behavioral therapy, they would just be like, oh, this doesn't work. Now I'll do this. But there is mental illness going on. There's a deeper stuff that's happening here. And that all gets to be addressed. So I, I hope that everyone sees that this is an ongoing conversation and it's a, it's a living organism that we're all a part of in some way. So um, if we can just shine some light onto this through this conversation, if you can share this and share this conversation with your loved ones and maybe help someone out, maybe invite someone to a, a spiritual circle or men's group or anything that you're doing or just have a, a candid conversation with someone. It can be such a beautiful healing experience for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Having this wisdom and having this awareness is really going to be the greatest superpower in how we grow through this, how we ascend this growing pain and build a society that feels much safer for everyone. So, Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure speaking to you and uh, thanks for creating this space and uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. This will also be going on the podcast Talk Tantra to Me. And there is another episode with Justin um, on the podcast. I forgot the exact number, um, but uh, it's something along the lines of why I work with a, a Tantra practitioner. And Justin's name is attached to it as well. So if you'd like to hear more of us uh, engaging, that is a place to go. Thank you. Yes. And if you're not already following me, Tantra Love Coach on Instagram. And feel free to reach out if you're interested in going deeper into this work. 